0: We have a need to be able to fellowship and have community. We are born, we are communal people. We're born for community, common unity. We're born for this this community. It's it's the place where real communication happens. Something is being communicated. Uh, The basis of communications, communicality, common ground, common ground.
1: Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and special guest, Bishop Dale Bronner. Being isolated can tend to have a lot of downsides. Most anyone can relate to how withdrawn society can become when isolation is enforced. You are alone and without a group of people to come together and have something in common. Today, Pastor Daniel and special guest Bishop Brawner discuss community. Now, here's Pastor Daniel and Bishop Dale Brawner with the Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.
0: your business, the career you're calling before your family. The family is our first calling. The family is the most base unit of society. So God first, family second, business third. They modeled that. They taught that intentionally. And they gave us these three rules, work hard, be honest, and keep good company. Work hard, be honest, keep good company. They are simple, but not everything that simple is easy. <laughs> really simple. is not deep. is not profound. But to me, if you build the circle, and so I grew up with five other brothers. My brothers were also my friends. We live by this motto in my home, the family that prays together and plays together and uh, stays together. So we had fun. We had fun as a family. We did life together. In retrospect now, I realize my family was my small group. My family was my my small group. I started teaching the Bible uh, in a a little Bible study in my own home with my own family members, probably when I was uh, 13, 14 years old. That's when I started. So my discipleship was a home group In the home, I learned that because my dad took the family, led us in prayer and and brought us around the word and the gift emerged in my life. And -hmm. there I was, son number four out of six, but I became the teacher of the whole family. So my, my leadership gift, I was raised in a leadership culture and my leadership gift emerged right at home. My family was my first mission field and my family today still is my first mission field, it teaches me what to do in the church by simply reflecting on what I have done in the home. And for example, when we were raising our children, my wife and I, I would sit down with the children in front of the televisions instead of banning them from looking at this, that, and the other, I wanted to teach them how to look at it critically and look at what was happening and being presented in entertainment through a biblical lens. I was teaching my children, how do you think biblically concerning this? And I Mm. would ask my children, what was done inappropriately in this particular scene? And my children would say, those two people were in the bed and they weren't married. And so they are applying a biblical context to what they are seeing presented. Uh, In in, in television, in in the real world. And I'm sitting there so that we can have a conversation and I can teach them how to biblically think about the things that are happening in their world, in their circle. What happened here in this situation? That little boy told a story. He was not honest with his mom or his dad or she was not honest. And so I'm narrating and I'm getting feedback from them. I'm not telling them what was wrong and what was right. I'm telling them now, Put on your biblical lens, tell as a Christian what was done right here and what was done improperly so that they are thinking because the whole word amuse literally means not thinking. So when we're being amused, whether it is by music or by television, by videos, a muse is not thinking. So it brings us back into this thing. How do we bring our biblical intelligence to love God with all of our heart, our mind? I've met so many Christians who just laid their minds to the side as though you don't even need it. It's a dimension of us. God knows we need our minds. I mean, we are living in a day now where common sense is not so common. And we, we just need some people that will call some things out and speak truth and believe it without hesitation and teaching them this, this critical thing This, which is what I taught my children. If you're going to be a person of integrity, you must have courage. You must have courage because integrity is simply doing what is right, but it's having the courage. You can't do what's right if you're afraid of how people are going to judge you or uh, call you lame or, or put you in a particular box. It takes courage to do what's right. It takes courage To do what is right and not fold and conform to the world, but be transformed into the biblical image of Jesus Christ of who he has called us to be. So we were very real. We were not hyper spiritual with our children. We met them where the rubber meets the road and brought biblical solutions, biblical thinking to the issues that they were dealing with in their life. So it was very practical for us. We taught them responsibility, helping us to clean. Uh, around the house, giving them chores and teaching them responsibility. If you receive something as a heritage in your life, an inheritance, our primary responsibility becomes stewardship, stewardship of the gift, stewardship of the inheritance, stewardship of this great Faith that we have. What do we do about it? How do we share it with our friends? How do we use it to impact the world that is around us? And so um, that that became a part of our children's lives because they saw it demonstrated in their own home.
2: Now, for all of you who are listening, you know, in whatever uh, place you find yourself, at, I don't want you to miss what Bishop Bronner is saying right now because he's really giving us very practical examples of what. James speaks about in his letter about how faith without works is dead, about, about how, how do we apply the faith that we have to real life at street level where we all live? Now, one of the things that I love, and I, I don't want anyone to miss this, is he said th- these are simple, right? And, and, and like things like working hard, things like being honest, things like, uh, having integrity right? These are these are simple things. They, they almost sound elementary, but where the rubber meets the road, how do we live this thing out in, in the world in which we live with all the different things? You talked about different things like entertainment, how it works when we're at school, how it works when we're on the job. And I think that's something that God is calling all of us to, especially in this day and age where we have so much of the people of God are kind of off the rails of Christ-likeness. They believe in Jesus, but they're not embodying. Like, hey, what does it look like for us to grow up into into the image of Jesus? Now, Bishop Brother, talk to me about this because one of the things that I love so much about not only who you are when we connect, you know, offline, and I'm always loving. You'll send me hysterical memes sometimes, you know, get me laughing. And but you very much your your affect, your countenance you know, how you carry yourself is very much in line with the fruit of the spirit in its most simplest understanding. You know, you are a man of great love, a man of great joy. You have a very peaceful presence. Now, you know, uh, I'm sure you have your moments where you're not patient, but there is that part of the way you carry yourself. I'm like, Bishop Bronner is at ease with who he is in Jesus and who he is in the world. And then you have things like kindness and faithfulness. And I think about your life of ministry. Like your life really embodies uh and your testimony uh embodies uh the fruit of the spirit, which obviously in my book Crazy Happy, where like we break open, like, hey, like when when we become more like Jesus, the fruit of the spirit is on display. And thus we get to live uniquely happy lives, what I call crazy happiness. So talk a little bit about uh, cuz obviously you're moving through through a crazy world weird things happen unexpected things happen how do you continue to cultivate you know or allow the spirit of god to have that reign in your life so that who you are reflects this image of jesus that we're talking about
0: oh wow yeah that's 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 a that's a, that's a great question you know and to me you know one of the one of the most um, neglected fruit of the spirit to me um, is the fruit of faithfulness, just simple faithfulness, because it doesn't come across as sexy. <laughs> it's just faithful. It's showing up on time. It's, it's doing the do, even when we don't feel like doing it. To mm-hmm. me, that's a part of what maturity is. Maturity is the ability to remain faithful even after the emotion has passed, So if I'm committed to something, whether uh, I don't pray because I feel like praying every day, I don't feel like praying every day. I pray because it's the right thing to do. And I believe with all of my heart that I need it for God's blessings, that I need it for God's direction, that I need it for his wisdom. To me, prayer and Bible reading calibrate my spirit and my mind for the day. So it anchors me. Before I meet rude, impatient, judgmental, (laughs) uh, mean spirited people in the world, I'm already anchored by the faithfulness of just what prayer, uh, what fellowship, uh, you know, with other believers, um, sharing with them, spending time with family. It's just faithfulness. It is just faithfulness. When it when it we, we don't feel like it, and faithfulness doesn't is never based on feelings you find faithful people do you always feel like it? No, they don't feel like it, but they do it because they understand here is a value here is a va- i value this I do it because I value it, and so i I do that to me. Um, just the fruit of faithfulness, remaining faithful I, in, 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 in the growth of our ministry, we never had a sensational one specific thing that just caused us to explode. I've had steady, consistent growth over the years, steady, consistent, steady and easy, steady, consistent growth over the years. It's just been steady. And I'm thankful to God for that, because here's what I discovered, is that quick success builds your ego slow success builds your character and and that just that is that 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 really speaks to me that quick success builds your ego slow success builds your character in the steadiness of doing something all of the time consistently day by day we're just eating day by day, feeding ourselves day by day, exercising. You know, it's, it's a parent getting up young children, getting them ready. You have to do it every day. It's It's not anything new. It's making the same recipe for the same old bread, but the bread is feeding us for generations. It has fed people. And you could say, you know, why don't we try something new? No, it's the same formula for the bread. We're not making different bread every single day. It's the same bread. It's it's the same meat, you know, so uh, it's it's a consistency really in in what we're doing. We make it fun. In adjusting our attitudes in how we look at it, that not I have to do this, but I get to do this, and that's that's just locked into my personality. You know, I'm just wired uh, that way. You know, I'm like if you've got to do something, you may as well make it fun. Find a way to make it fun. We found a way to make work fun. I found a way to make reading my Bible fun, to discussing my Bible, and to me, you know, our doing what we're doing right now. To me, revolutions begin through conversations. Transformation can begin by a conversation. Discipleship begins with a conversation. It is is as simple as a conversation with a person. Just a conversation can be the beginning of leading someone into the church, leading someone into fellowship with Jesus Christ, leading someone to a better life, leading someone into stability. We need others. We were not designed to grow in a silo. We're designed to grow in fellowship, to grow in family. The church is a family. It's a big family. And everything that I have have run my church on has been on the basis of it being a healthy family. I think of that no matter how large, you know, there are some families that are just big families. Big family. Some people only have one child, only have two. And then there are others. My dad came from a family, they had 12 children. Twelve children in my dad's family. You know, <laughs> I mean, they, they birthed eleven and adopted a twelfth. Who in their right mind does that? But my grandparents did that. They did that, and so I've had the paradigm for the big family. And the same thing that that makes a person's family great with one or two children, it's extrapolated out, and it makes them the same if they've got uh, twelve children. The lady in history. And this was back, I think, in the 1600s that had the most children. One woman and one man had 69 children, 69. They had so many sets of quadruplets, so many sets of triplets. And this is before, you know, we had fertility drugs and all of that. They had so many twins. One family had 69 children. Can you imagine that? (laughs) And so, but I, I don't even have to imagine. Big families have so much fun. I know ours did. We and and, and 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 here's 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 a vital thing about it. It is impossible to develop a character and the fruit of the spirit without being in relationship with other human beings. You mm. you can't learn patience if you don't if you live by yourself. <laughs> you you have to have contact with other human beings, it is being around cantankerous people that that actually develops our patience. So we we can't even develop, you can't develop joy if they're not situations of where you've been faced with sorrow, with with something that, that pulls you down. So there are different people that actually help us to develop the fruit of the Spirit. We can't even obey the Ten Commandments without other people. Thou shalt not commit adultery. You've got to do that with someone. Thou shalt not bear false witness. you got to have somebody to tell your lies to. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's uh, it, these things, we develop the character of Christ in fellowship with other people. Hard work, That that's, that's an ethic that comes from working with people. And I I Mm -hmm. learned that uh, all of those things actually beginning in my home. They're not developed in solitude. They are developed in fellowship with other people. Our first four commandments, man's relationship with God. But the last six commandments of the 10 commandments are man's relationship with man. And that's where we need the help. And that's where these incredible fruit of the spirit come in so handy. And people who manifest the fruit of the Spirit, they are a breath of fresh air because you will meet people in the world who have rotten fruit. (laughs) And that will challenge the very fruit that we have in our own life to be able to rise up and see a need and maybe say, God, I wonder what happened in this person's life that has caused them to react to other people this way. God mm. show me a need in their life that I can help meet and make me a blessing to them in some way and that's that's a part of my prayer each day. God make me a blessing to someone else
2: well well bishop you have like mean you've just dropped the mic like eighty seven times and I'm grateful that you didn't because like you know in this just this last little section of what you shared like literally this morning, my prayer was, Lord, you're growing me in faithfulness right now, Mm, mm. you know? And, And so for you to say faithfulness is not about feelings, you know, faithfulness is a part of maturity. I'm like, oh, I'm like, Lord, you knew that the bishop was going to add all nine fruit of the spirit. He's going to pick that one, and 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 as a model of the of the the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness. As I as I've watched your life, and 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 in our friendship with your family, with with your business, with preaching the gospel and having an impact. I'm like man that is so good and and I want to remind everybody you know both bishop brown and myself like we're we're church people you know we love yeah. the local church and, and and when he starts talking about hey his parents said, hey, you got to keep good company. It's one of the simple rules. And and you don't grow in isolation, you grow in fellowship. And isn't that one of the big struggles today with all that's going on in our world? We love all the technology that's supposed to keep us connected, but people by and large are feeling more isolated, even though you have maybe more superficial connections through a a digital device, like that that iron sharpening iron that it speaks about in the book of Proverbs does not necessarily happen over a digital device. And so I know I, I don't need to speak for a bishop, but, but we want to encourage you get into a local church, yes. you know, with, with godly people, an intergenerational local church where there's older people and younger people, uh, you know, a diverse, you know, a uh, local church where there's people from different backgrounds who have different experiences so that we can get together. We can see this is how Jesus is moving in that way. Isn't that something that you're seeing right now with, with our culture being more isolated, uh, that there isn't that fellowship that people are need to be able to thrive and grow?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, during these times, and you know, our stats in America, I mean, domestic violence has increased uh, many fold during the, the, the isolation of the pandemic between husband and wife, between parents and children. Um, depression, suicide has shot up uh, at, a, at an all time high because I think that we get sick in isolation. Psalm 68 says that God takes the single person and sets them in families. He sets them in families. The church is a family of families. Because we do, we get sick in isolation. One of the first signs of mental illness is withdrawal from the family. They pull away from those that are closest to them who have the ability to nurture them and to help them, to guide them. They they pull away. We get sick in isolation, but we get healed in fellowship, in community. And that's what Starbucks became so popular, because they created a place. It wasn't so much about their coffee as it was the community. They created an in-between space. People wanted to see people. My son, And, you know, he's he's my youngest out, out of our five children. And he would be at home and we had, you know, five bedrooms in the house. And there he was, the only child there. And he would go to Starbucks to study while he was in school. I'm like, dude, you have a whole house. You're the only child here. But he wanted to be around people. He wanted to be able to see people. We have a need to be able to fellowship and have community. We are born. We are communal people. We're born for community, common unity. We're born for this, this community. It's it's the place where real communication happens. Something is being communicated. Uh, the basis of communications, community, common ground, common ground. And he would get out just to be able to be with people. It wasn't school. He didn't want to be at school and he didn't want to be at home. And then he met people there who didn't want to be at work and they didn't want to be at home so it became that in between place so that they could have some sense of community just to see other people interacting and uh, it's it's a, it's a pleasure sometimes to just get out and to see people it's therapeutic for us to watch people interact even if we don't join in the conversation just to listen to eavesdrop on what's happening we learn about the real world in those places uh, being in the marketplace and just being able to to connect with people the church is a great place and I love how you mentioned um uh, being a multi-generational a multi-ethnic so that you get to see the world for God shall so love the world the world and 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 it, it just it just blesses my heart to be able to see atmospheres that reflect to me the kingdom of God which is so incredibly diverse and is is not it's not your grandmama's, your granddad's church, but it's not the it's not the youth thing that's just going on here. It's a it's a space that has created a place uh, for the various expressions of all of the generations of the various uh, ethnicities to be able to worship the same God different in their personalities. Just like if you're going to come from a big family, there are people that have strong personalities that, you know, that, that have to be dealt with a certain kinds of way. And then those that are sort of introverted that come alongside and you find the same thing in the church because the church is a microcosm of the community. Jesus is
1: So the next time you're at Starbucks, keep in mind the things mentioned in today's broadcast. Pastor Daniel and Bishop Dale Bronner discussed how these types of places are a great outlet for a community, for the desire for people to come together. This isn't a bad thing. Look at it as an opportunity to connect with others, sharing ideas, common goals, and directions. or just simply appreciating other human beings God has created.
0: We'll have a preview of next week's episode in just a moment. Thanks for listening to the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and author and journalist Billy Hallowell. Each week, you'll hear discussion on important topics that affect your life now. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and get notified each time we post a new edition of the show. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Now... Here's Josh.
1: You've heard the phrase actions speak louder than words. This is the theme of our next edition of Jesus is real radio with Pastor Daniel and Bishop Bronner. What they'll be getting at is that people will be drawn to how you act and behave first. When they see something different in you, they'll be curious to hear what you have to say. So never let that go on the back burner. The way you treat people and show your work ethic says a lot. Well, that's all the time we have for on this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today and be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.